Mode episode. Here we are. Yes. We thought it would be fun if we picked a band and just talked about it. When did you first hear Depeche Mode? I would have first heard Depeche Mode. It would have been People Are People, like Summer of 85, probably. Like, I remember that being on the radio yeah. a lot. I remember the video a lot. It probably would have been Toronto Rocks or something at the time. And uh, I loved it. Loved it. Yeah, I was in Dunville. We didn't have cable. Was that on? Was that on? Uh, yeah, it would have been on like. TV? I'm assuming it would have been on City TV. It was Toronto Rocks. It was. Um, yeah, we didn't get City City TV in Dunville. That was a cable thing. We could, yeah, we didn't get it, it was just like it was a video show, probably a half hour. And they just played cool videos, and that was how I heard a lot of music for the first time. Sorry, you didn't have cable in the country. Yeah, we have. We got it in the fall of '89. I was in grade seven. <laughs> Must have been a whole new world. It for was you. awesome. Yeah, so I was what did you out. watch as a kid? Like, did Vi- you not watch TV? Video hits at 5 p.m. on CBC. They was video hits oh you were raised on cbc that's adorable there was friday night videos on nbc and there was uh stew jeffries have you heard the news there was good rocking tonight that was on saturday nights on cbc was that on cbc yeah that was cbc right good rocking tonight you guys not watch solid gold yeah but that was like that wasn't on the air that was later 83 or 84 yeah but um I've been a huge fan of Depeche Mode since I was a kid, basically. I think since, basically since Violator. So I would have been in the seventh grade. That's when my older brother, Mark, well, actually, my old, I keep talking about my older brothers, but my older brother, Mike, had Depeche Mode uh, records when I was a kid, kid. But um, my brother, Mark, got heavily into them. And since the tapes were around, I got heavily into them too, starting with Violator. Cool. Yeah. When did you become a big fan? Probably a little bit later than that. I also have a big brother, but I would say that my knowledge of bands like like U2 and The Doors and things like that are all thanks to Bill. Depeche Mode was one of those bands that I think it was one of the first bands actually that I would have kind of gone out on my own, gone rogue from Bill and started to listen to things that were different than what he was listening to. The earliest, I mean, besides People Are People, I remember grade nine, the older girls in the high school had Violator t-shirts and I just thought they were the coolest. Yeah. It was also for me a time when I was like, wait a minute, you can get shirts of bands you like like I didn't know any of this stuff I didn't I don't know how I didn't know but like all of a sudden it was this whole new world girls were in bands like Cure shirts and Depeche Mode shirts and I was just like I found my people yeah when I was in grade like six seven eight there was a group of young ladies at the high school Dumbo's a small town so but they were all you know clad in black and shirts and Depeche Mode and I just thought they were the coolest thing ever they were um yeah, so I've been a fan since then. I actually, I wanted to wear it tonight. I was going to pull it out, but uh, it's packed away. But uh, I still have a Depeche Mode shirt, my 101 shirt that I actually got in grade eight. Still fits. I still the wear coolest. it all the time. Where would you get a 101 shirt in grade uh, eight? Like in Sears. In Remember Backstage Pass? Like oh, they would sell yeah. concert t-shirts in like Sears and stuff. That's where mm-hmm. I would have got it, yeah. The records that we decided to talk about today, I call them the holy trinity of Depeche Mode albums. It's Black Celebration from 86, Music for the Masses from 87, and then Violator in 89. Well, 90. No, it came out in, well, was it released in 80? Let's, is it Wikipedia, Wikipedia time already? Wikipedia time. When you just want the fans, it's Wikipedia time. Okay, yeah, so I was sort of right. It came out in March of 90, but I, I'm pretty sure Personal Jesus came out in 89 because I remember seeing it early. Yeah, it was early a single before the record. In grade seven, out. yeah. 
And then, I mean, I love stuff before that as well. You know, Songs of Faith and Devotion from 93. I, I like half of it. Mm-hmm. And then Ultra from 97, I'm into, I'd say, a third of that record. I can't say that I've listened to either one of those from start to finish. Not even Songs of Faith and Devotion? No? Mm, I don't think so. Oh, wow. I don't know. What's on it? Uh, I Feel You. Yeah, uh, I don't Condemnation. Know, like, I didn't love those singles. Walking in My Shoes. Nope. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, They're fine. Yeah. But I didn't like rush out and buy the record. Yeah, they started to lose it a little Still bit there. Still haven't rushed out and bought the record. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, these these three records, are they're sort of part of my DNA. I've... And and then 101 from 89, but, I, you know, that's a live record. Um, oh, I love that record. Actually, you know, that, sorry, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to say that when I listen to, you know, especially stuff from Black Celebration, the studio versions, in my head, I still hear all of Dave Gahan's yeah. yelps and live. Totally. Oh, yeah. No, that stuff. I do that every <laughs> time I hear the studio version of Everything Counts. I hear one yeah. o- the 101 version yeah. for sure. The 101 version is so much better. Yeah. I think, well, we'll talk about that later. There's, you know, a couple songs that I think the 101 versions are superior but um so while we're on the topic of 101 i just want to um recollect a moment if i may of when uh we first met well when we met again we knew each other what 10 years ago yeah and then this past summer we met again at the casbah and the weird thing was and what i said to you that night is hey i was just listening to 101 and i was thinking of you you had just like popped in my head because 10 years ago we we were talking about how great 101 is. Just wanted to share yeah, that. That's a weird little thing that happened. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I love that I thought of Depeche Mode and thought Whose of you. Whose phone is on? I, I'm sure it's yours. It's mine. Of course it is. You're the popular one. So um, our, our Depeche Mode record collection, we yeah. should maybe get into a little bit before we get into the actual, the Trinity. We have, I think, the good ones. <laughs> yeah, well, we I have everything know. up to Violator. Yeah. Including 12-inch releases as well. Not all of them, obviously, but... Yeah, um, we have everything up to and including Violator and 101, of Did course. you want to run the list down to well, prove that we're cool and well, qual- qualified to talk with us? I think knows that we're cool. So what I do want to mention is the total score that I got one day when I walked into Revolution Records on Ottawa Street. It's a great little shop. If you are in the Hamilton area and you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend that you do. They have a great use section. But I walked in there one day and I went right to the section I always go to first, which is their the good used section, which I think we've mentioned on the podcast before. And I just start at A and I work my way down to Z. And in the D section, I found Speak and Spell, A Broken Frame, Construction Time Again, and Some Great Reward. Oh, all in one. All in one. I was like, yoinks. Yep, I'll take those. I was like, who sells these? Someone got rid of their Depeche Mode collection. Yeah. Yeah. So I lucked out that I happened to get there. I'm assuming as they went out, but who knows? (laughs) Maybe they had been sitting there for weeks before I walked in, but I don't think so. Yeah, so that's Revolution Records. Check them out or find them on Instagram at RevRex, R-E-X, Ham Aunt. Cool. Yep. Depeche Mode memories for me. I mean, I've seen them countless times. The first show I would have saw would have been uh, September of 93 at Sky Dome. Actually, Sky Tent. I think that's what they called it when they would like cordon off half of Sky Dome. Oh, uh, yeah. That was a good cool. year. I saw I saw New Order that summer too at Kingswood at Canada's Wonderland. That was that was quite the summer. How but, old uh, were you in 93? Like 18? 16. 16. Jesus. Yeah. Amazing. But I remember uh, my grade seven end of the year school trip was to the CNE. And I think we went to Ontario Place. Anyways, that was the night that Depeche Mode played um, Exhibition Stadium. Uh, Oh, no way. And I had just really seriously gotten into them as a kid there. And uh, I just remember all of the black 
black clad teenagers and mm-hmm. Depeche Mode fans walking around and I was like really jealous. That would have been quite the uh, show to see. That would have been amazing. I wish that there was a live concert video of the Violator tour. The stage production for that one was pretty cool looking just from the uh, World of My Eyes video. But uh, that's the extent of the live uh, footage that I've seen. Actually, that's not true. There's a video on YouTube of them playing Dodger Stadium, I think, and it's a multi-cam shoot. Anyways, check that out if you can find it. I don't know what it's called or if it's still there, but... Uh... I've only seen them once and it was really late. It was, uh, it would have been, I was pregnant. I was very pregnant with my daughter. And so that would have been in 2008. I saw them at the amphitheater and it was super fun. It was a great show. But I really just went because I was like, son of a bitch, I've never seen Depeche Mode before. And I bought tickets that day and I went. What tour would that have been in 2008? I don't even know. Are you sure it wasn't 2009? It was 2009. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty... I had Rudy in 08 and I was pregnant with Edie so it was summer of 09 and my brother shout out to Dan stayed home with Rudy so I could go to the show with my big pregnant belly sorry sounds of the universe that was the record that came out in uh, spring of 2009 so that would have been the record I don't I couldn't tell you one song on that record but I could also tell you that they didn't play very many songs from it it was all hits yeah. bands like Depeche Mode know that we don't want to hear new stuff to this day they still play they'll play stuff off the new record i mean the first single from sounds of the universe is wrong that's a good song i like that one but um yeah in uh, 95 alan wilder quit left the band and then there was a definite change in the quality of the music i don't think i am the lone voice with that opinion no i don't think so so anyways yeah depeche mode big part of my life big part of yours one of my favorite bands and do you want to talk about these records that we've selected yeah Depeche Mode, I don't think we need to read the Wikipedia page for them, do we? Is it Wikipedia time for Depeche Mode? Mm, I think. I might. Ah, what the heck, it's Wikipedia time. When you just want the fans. So, the kind of funny thing about my Black Celebration record. I was going to read it. The Wikipedia. Oh, <laughs> right, it's Wikipedia time. It is. Ah, oh, for f***'s sakes. When you just want the fans. Depeche Mode are an English electronic music band formed in Basildon, Essex in 1980. The group, as of now, consists of a trio of Dave Gahan, lead vocals and co-writing, Martin Gore, keyboards, guitar, co-lead vocals and main songwriting, and Andy Fletcher, keyboards. Yes, and famously, that leaves out uh, Mr. Alan Wilder, who quit the band in 95, and many would say was the architect of the classic Depeche Mode sound and quit pretty much because he wasn't getting his due, I think. Black Celebration. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Black Celebration is the fifth studio album by Depeche Mode, released in March of 86 on Mute Records. The album further cemented the darkening sound created by Alan Wilder, which the band later used for their subsequent albums, Music for the Masses, Violator, and Songs of Faith and Devotion, a sound that was initially hinted toward on their album's construction time again and some great reward. The kind of funny thing for me is Black Celebration I bought used, but I bought the reissue, and I was a little disappointed that it was the reissue. I still liked that it was used, but it was the reissue. What year was it reissued? I don't know. Like maybe it was still old. Like it was maybe 10, 15 years old. However, you're looking at it. But later on, a few months later, I was out digging in the records and I found an original copy. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I bought the original copy and I sold the used reissue back to whatever store I bought it from. Cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe the sound quality is better in a reissue. I just, I really love having the original pressings. Let's start with Black Celebration. What do you think? Love it. Yeah, I love it too. It's great. Man, let's go on to music for the masses. (laughs) Oh, that's it for you on this one. No, of course not. Okay. 
fly on the windscreen. Amazing. Great. You know, plotting electro. Electro in the classic sense. Mm-hmm. Death is everywhere. Question of lust. Love it. Question of lust is a skipper for me. Oh, no. <laughs> I like in the car, I'm belting it out. I yeah. love it. It's a question of lust. It's a question of lust. Question of time again. I love it. I prefer the one-on-one version again, maybe just because that's the first one I became familiar with. But um, what do you think of a question of time? I love it. Yeah. I've got to get to you first before they do. It's just a question of time before they lay their hands on you. Question of time too. That's the first video they ever did with Anton uh, Corbin, and of course that was the beginning of a very uh, fruitful relationship. Anton Corbin actually had been around for a while. He took a bunch of pictures of uh, Joy Division and other oh, yeah? bands back in the day. Yeah, cool. Some famous Joy Division photos, actually. Um, anyway. Uh, what a cool dude. He's a super cool dude. Uh, yeah, Stripped. I'm going to say it. Stripped is my favorite Depeche Mode song. Ever? I think so. Wow. If I, if, if, uh, once again, if, you, uh, if I was forced to choose, if you had to pick one, the live version of Stripped from 101 is my favorite Depeche Mode song. That is a bold statement. The live version is far superior to the one that's on Black Celebration, I think. Agreed. The arrangement and the extra percussion. If you are familiar with the uh, 101 film, at the end of the song, that's when um, Andy Fletcher and Martin turn around and they're hitting the big sample pads ah, with the rods. cool. Super cool. That's not in the studio version and the um live versions opens with the outro keyboard like the super mournful beautiful lead synth part that comes in at the end of the studio version the song opens with that it's so majestic so beautiful love it so much I think you've watched 101 way more times than I've watched 101. I watched 101 almost every day uh, in the eighth grade. I love it. For a year straight. I was watching um, like Rocky Horror Picture Show and... uh... Blossom? (laughs) No, I was watching Rocky Horror Picture Show obsessively and Dirty Dancing obsessively. And what's that Irish movie where they're in a band and Uh, it's so good. The Commitments. And the commitments. I was watching those three movies obsessively. I wasn't as cool as you watching one one. No, I was pretty cool. Um, what's your? Did you have a favorite Depeche Mode song? If you had to pick one, it's nearly impossible to pick one. It is. I would say that my favorite Depeche Mode song is "Shake the Disease," but I loved so many. Oh yeah. You know what? Are you changing your mind? Yeah, that might be tied with "Stripped." <laughs> yeah, those are my two. It's so yeah, for sure. good. Yeah, yeah. Oh. God, that song, I love it. Yeah, I jumped the gun on that. I have said in the past that those are my two favorites, so you're right. You just reminded me. Oh, um, have you said them officially somewhere? Yeah, I think I might it, probably said it to... There's uh, somewhere that you're, those I'm, are your two favorites? Yeah, I'm sure I said it to somebody <laughs> at some point uh-huh. over the last 35 years. Sure. You know, my one criticism of Black Celebration is maybe a few too many Martin ballads. Oh, I like them. Yeah. Um, I'm a girl. Girls like them. 
Yeah. They put they put those songs on for the girls. But the uh, original version of the album ends with New Dress, which is awesome. I love that song. Later versions, they stick, but not tonight on, um, which I like too. It's very, very poppy. It's actually, if you see the video, it's from some movie, actually. You know what? Let's look that up. Have you seen the But Not Tonight video? I don't think so. Let's sample it here for a second. It looks like some really cheesy 80s teen comedy. I used to know the name of it, but um, we're looking at the But Not Tonight video right now, or we were. What's happening? It froze. Here we go. That's Daphne Zanita. What's, how do you say her name? Oh, yeah. Daphne Zuniga? From uh, Melrose Place. Yeah. And Spaceballs. <laughs> oh, totally. She was in Spaceballs. I don't know what this movie I, is. Maybe this should be our new podcast. We just like watch videos that the listeners can't yeah. see and we yeah. talk about them. Oh, it's called Modern Girls from 86, featuring Cynthia Gibb, Daphne Zuniga, Virginia Madsen, and Clayton Roner. Total huh. 80s flick, but a fun time capsule. Anyways, check that out on uh, check YouTube out if you want. Check out that haircut on Dave. I like But Not Tonight, but the video doesn't help its case. Yeah, no. <laughs> it kind of makes it look like a Debbie Gibson song. Anyway, um, Black Celebration. Thank you, Black Celebration. While we're on the topic of favorite songs, let's move on to music for the masses. Is it Wikipedia time? Yeah, I guess it's Wikipedia time. When you just want the Music for the Masses is the sixth studio album by English electronic music band Depeche Mode. It was released in September 87 by Mute Records. The album was supported by the Music for the Masses tour. This isn't the album that broke them in America. I, I guess Violators considered that, but this they became really big from this album in the States. Famously, the Rose Bowl Pasadena show. That is the 101 live album and film. I think of the trilogy, this is my favorite record. Really? Mm-hmm. I'll say it. Yeah, I love it. My I spent pretty much the entire eighth grade when I wasn't watching 101. I was listening to it or this album in my bedroom while I played Dragon Warrior on the original Nintendo system. Cool. Yeah, it was good memories. What can we really say that hasn't been said before? It's it's, it's a masterpiece. Great. It's uh, the first record I think in their history where Daniel Miller from U wasn't in the studio. He didn't produce it, and maybe that was a good idea because they took a giant leap forward in terms of well, Martin's songwriting, I think, and just. The the production, the the expansiveness of the album, it sounds gigantic. Especially "Never Let Me Down Again." Like when that com- when that song comes in, it, you know, nothing before it sounded nothing before it. sounded like that. I love "Never Let Me Down Again." I'd say it would be. I don't know if it would be my number two, but it's up there. Yeah. I love it. And the video, like how cool was the video? Yeah, another Anton Corbin Ugh, joint. Love it. Surprisingly, Anton didn't do their album layout and uh, design artwork until Violator. This is still Martin Atkins who you, did everything up to here. So You know, I was thinking, I was going to say it during Black Celebration. I've never really been a fan of their album art. It's not great. W- 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 which, which albums? All of it. They don't put out good record art. I don't know. They need a better. You don't think Viola- you don't like Violator? Violator's the best one. I I, I want a Violator. I think Vi- yeah, the Violator layout for me personally is amazing. I love it. It's wonderful. Um, Music for the masses is fine. Black Celebration is. Um, 
No, don't yeah, like it. It's, it's. I mean, yeah, it's not fantastic. It's I, not I like, great I like at Black all. Celebration's layout and artwork better than Music for the Masses. I love the idea of the megaphone in the deserted areas or yeah, whatever. Yeah, me too. But wouldn't it be cooler if that was the whole album cover? Like, why isn't that picture it? Or why isn't this picture on the back? Like, yeah, agreed. But uh, anyways, we're not here to diss the artwork. Martin Atkins, great work. So we talked about Never Let Me Down Again. Strange Love, so danceable. Sometimes I'll just throw that on in the morning. <laughs> oh, I've and just, seen you dance oh, to it. Yeah, you really go I'll, for it. I'll dance all the live long day to that little tune. Um, <laughs> Side two, Behind the Wheel. Love it. Once again, came to love this song from the 101 version. But I, the Music for the Masses version is, is also great. I would like to talk about to have and to hold. When I was in grade nine for gym class, each kid had to run warm up one day. It was an assignment that you got marked uh, on. Ah, cool. And you had to pick you three. You had some leadership skills. Yeah. You had to pick three songs. One was for just like initial warm up. And then one was for jogging around the gym. You had to do so many laps around the gym while the song played. And then the third song was like the cool down stretch song that you had to stretch cool. for. So my first song, like to get everybody warmed up was uh, Never Let Me Down Again, but the aggro mix that's on the CD release. Uh-huh. We'll play a clip. And then for running around the gym and doing laps, I played um, Incubation by Joy Division, instrumental. It's a good good jogging pace. Here's a clip. And then uh, for like cool down, like the cool down stretch thing, uh, I played To Have and To Hold. To Have and To Hold. I got an A on that assignment. Of course you did. And then uh, what, what What rounds the album out here? Nothing. M-P-I-M-P-F? I just, yeah, I just say pimp. <laughs> uh, pimp. But um, yeah, music for the masses. Love, Love it. it. You ready to move on? Ready to move on. When you just want the fans. Would you like to read this? You seem to be better at talking and reading than me, so go for it. Violator is a seventh studio album by English electronic music band Depeche Mode. It was first released on the 19th of March 1990 through Mute Records internationally and through Sire and Reprise Records in the United States. Preceded by the singles Personal Jesus and Enjoy the Silence, the album propelled the band into international stardom and also yielded the singles Policy of Truth and World to My Eyes. Violator reached number two on the UK albums chart. That's it? Number two? And was the band's first album to chart inside the top ten on the Bill Billboard 200, peaking at number seven. The album was supported by the World Violation Tour. Yeah, Depeche Mode weren't really taken seriously in Britain. Like, they uh, had a hard time. They were universally panned by critics, so-called music journalists. But this was the record, I think, actually, they started to get a bit of respect from critics on Music for the Masses, but the critics, and I think who cares kind of, what they think, but uh, they were into this one. I think that's kind of par for the course for British rock, Britpop bands, too, in the 90s, right? They were way bigger here, but they weren't as big in the in Britain. Were Depeche Mode bigger in Canada than they were in the States, like the rest of the Britpop bands? Not the Depeche no. Mode or Britpop. No, the Depeche Mode, I think, were equally big here yeah. in the States. Yeah. They, I mean, they were playing, you know, pretty big venues by... Rose Bowl. Yeah. You know, they played Maple Leaf Gardens at least once on Music for the Masses. I'm pretty sure they sold it out. So yeah, this album is my first real uh, dip into Depeche Mode when I was a kid. You know what's funny is uh, 30 years ago this spring, 
is when I would have started listening. Yeah, spring of 1990. Aww. That's Happy uh, anniversary. Happy anniversary to me. I would also say this was the first time that I was interested. Again, besides People Are People, I was into that song when it was current. However, I wasn't into music yet. I wasn't into like loving bands and being obsessed with music. So Violator would have been the first time that I got into Depeche Mode while they were current. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm an old man, but I still think like this record sounds amazing. Like it doesn't sound oh, dated it totally to me. Does. Um, where you know, if you put on some songs on Black Celebration, well, actually, most of Black Celebration or anything preceding it, you know, you, you, it sounds old. But there's a quality to Violator that's uh, seems sort of timeless to me. Maybe Did I'm something wrong. Change with this record why is it that much better than the rest um well a different producer flood and uh i think just technology was was better for the type of music they were making at that point and they were just at the top of their game alan wilder was you know this is his finest hour basically and it just sounds great agreed you want to talk about some of the songs sure so yeah track one world in my eyes love it yeah great classic great synth line you love to boogie to this one don't you i love it Great video, too, that uh, features all the live uh, footage from the Violator Tour. Yeah, it is great. I remember watching it uh, when it debuted on the Hostess sneak preview on uh, Much Music. I was quite excited. Mm-hmm. Great. All of their songs to me sound dark and sexy, but still a little bit poppy. I don't know. Like their vocal melodies are amazing. Their lyrics are really good, but it's all mixed in with this dark sound that it's just, they nail it. Yep. The Depeche Mode, uh, the Depeche Mode formula that yep. they perfected for sure. The second song, Sweetest Perfection, that intro, uh, that's Alan Wilder playing a snare drum with brushes, that beginning loop that yep. kind of goes with the whole song. The sweetest perfection to call my own The slightest correction couldn't find me home An odd second song, I always thought. It is a bit of an odd second song. It's a great song, but I agree the placement on the album is a bit strange. Yeah, they do that a lot. Some of their running orders are suspect. I would change them around, mm. but uh, yeah. And then, of course, followed by Personal Jesus. Do we really need to talk about Personal Jesus? I don't need to talk about Personal Jesus. For me, I don't I don't love it. I do remember loving it at the time. Like mm-hmm. when this came out, I remember thinking like, what a cool song. I've never heard anything like this. I don't know if it's because I've heard it too many times. I don't think so because I still love Enjoy the Silence and Policy of Truth. But for some reason now, Personal Jesus just doesn't do it for me anymore. Yeah, I think we've heard it so much. And plus, Marilyn Manson did the far superior version of it. I think that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot they covered it. No, oh you my didn't. God. You I did. It. It's really, really good. Um, Personal Jesus, I love. I will listen to it because I love the album version has that instrumental outro that mm-hmm. isn't on the single version. That's one of the things I love about these three records in particular would be that they've got so many layers. They've got different sounds and different like things happening in between songs. And it's just, it sounds like a full experience. Yeah. I like it. Track four, Halo. It's Mike Bell's favorite song. Depeche Mode song, I think. Yeah. We talk about Mike Bell a lot on this podcast. But we love Mike Bell. Why we can't we? help it. Yeah. If everyone knew Mike Bell, they'd love him too. Yeah. They'd want to talk about him as much as we did. Yeah. 
waiting for the night. Beautiful. Yep. It's just great. It sounds like something that you would listen to in the nighttime. <laughs> you know? It really does. I'm waiting for the night to fall. I know that it will save us all. Enjoy the Silence I'd like to talk about. Obviously a gigantic song, but I think a lot of Depeche Mode fans know this, but Martin Gore wrote that as a ballad. He wanted oh, yeah? it. Yeah, he wanted it to be like the typical Martin Gore, you know, ballad yeah. on the record. And Alan Wilder put his foot down and said, no, we've got to make this, uh, you know, a four on the floor dance beat and really pep it up. And uh, they did. And it's uh, it was a huge song for them. Amazing yeah. video. One of the great Depeche Mode videos. Um, they look so cool in it, man, when they come out of the darkness in the black and white with all their leather on. And <laughs> so cool. When I was a kid, I just thought that they were the coolest looking four dudes I'd ever seen. And I still kind of do. They are the coolest four dudes I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, Especially in those years between Black Celebration and Violator. That's like... They oh, re- they were They nailed, they the, nailed the look. Coolest. I remember when uh, I first saw the video for I Feel You and saw that Dave Gahan had long hair. I was so disappointed. It was like long and greasy and gross, yeah, though. I was, like, he I was didn't like, pull off the long hair well. No, I was not a fan. It really, mm-hmm. uh, it really made me sad when I was 16. Not a surf cover Enjoy the Silence. Yes. They really do. <laughs> you didn't say yes on the microphone, so I thought maybe you were going to say yes on the microphone. Here's a clip. I love this cover. I love the song, but I love this cover. I like covers that still sound like the original song, but with a bit of their own little. They put their own twist it. on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great cover. I love it. Uh, Policy of Truth, again, in the eighth grade, when this video came out, I wanted to uh, get Dave Gahan's haircut. <gasps> Did you get Dave Gahan's haircut? It was hard to explain what I wanted to the barber in Dunville in 1991. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was. It's essentially a fade, right? So, and uh, no one, you know. They it, weren't doing that. You they can didn't just go to, to any barbershop on the corner and get a fade like yeah. you can now. Not in 1991 in Dunville. So, I would try to tell Gary Durant and he would do his best. Uh, Aww, we got close. Shout out to Gary Durant. <laughs> yeah, we got close. But I uh, never quite got there. I want to see a photo. And then Clean. Clean is up there with some of my favorite Depeche Mode songs for Clean's sure. Clean's amazing. Clean. The cleanest of Quite a racy video, too, if you want to check it out. I don't remember the video. Let's watch it. They did a video compilation VHS for Music for the Masses called Strange. And then for Violator, they did another one called Strange 2, uh, T-O-O. So there are videos on it that weren't, I don't think they got, Mm. they didn't see wide release. I mean, if they did, they didn't get played a lot. But there is a video for Clean. It's basically Martin Gore making out with a model for four minutes. But yeah, another Anton Corbin video. Basically, yeah, this record is the full-on collab uh, image-wise between them and Anton. Uh, Music videos, the artwork, all of it. Uh, The live um, show, he did all the live videos that they would project at the live shows. And they still to this day working together. He has good influence on them. He really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he turned them into the classic-looking Depeche Mode. So yeah, Violator for me—that's uh, th- for me—that's their masterpiece. That is my. Yeah. F- I think I'll, from top to bottom, like that's my favorite Depeche Mode record for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's a good one. And then you know we won't talk about it today, but followed up with Songs of Faith and Devotion in '93, which I said before. I think I said I like mm-hmm. two thirds of. And then uh, after that, Alan leaves the band, and it's never quite the same. But uh, they had a great run. They <laughs> were 
And are amazing. I mean, they have this special place in my heart and my musical, I mean, the soundtrack of my life. You know, I'm like, I have listened to Depeche Mode on the reg for, I don't know, 30 years. Longer. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yep, 35 years, probably. Yeah. Me too. And they're still good. I'm not, when I'm listening to them, I'm not just like feeling nostalgic. I'm yeah. not just remembering the good old days, you know? Yeah. Their songs are holding up. All three of these records are good. I agree. And even the albums before these three. And, uh, oh, like catching up with? Love it. Yeah. I know that it's like cheesy and poppy and maybe a little much, but I love it. That's like kind of a greatest hits compilation. Like see you. Is it called See You? Yeah, but I like that one. I love it. Oh <laughs> my God, I love it. That's a, that's a Vince Clark jam. That's that's when Vince was still in the band. So that and um, Dreaming of Me. Oh, love Dreaming of Me. <laughs> we should go listen to Catching Up With Now. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Do you want to give them the rundown on how to get in contact? Sure. You can reach out to us through Instagram at reactionbratspod. Or if you're old fashioned, you could email us uh, reactionbratspod at gmail.com. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Later. <laughs>